Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who is faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Let's pray. So Lord, again, we know the need we have to grow up in all things into Christ who is the head. The need we have, Lord, that we really need to enter into that rest and discover, Lord, what we have in Christ as the freedom and the boldness and all the things that you've promised to us in our salvation. I pray tonight, Lord, you would anoint your word and bless us. Instruct us, Lord, and I pray and ask that we might, in considering the apostle and high priest of our confession, that we might hold fast our confidence, firm to the end. So Holy Spirit, we are asking you to anoint and bless this, our time in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So a couple of things that I'm discovering as far as the book of Hebrews, and if we could banner it, what he is saying here is not listening to hear, but hearing to obey. And so as we go through the book of Hebrews, it's gonna talk a lot about obedience. And obedience or disobedience is unbelief. So our faith should be obedient faith. And that's what the book of Hebrews he's talking about. It's not listening to hear, but hearing to obey. Okay? And obedience really is the answer to all the warnings that we're finding, five of them, in the book of Hebrews. The next synopsis of the book of Hebrews I would put into three questions. The first one is who are you listening to? Okay? Who are you listening to? The second question then is who are you looking to? And the third one, it would be, how are you living? And I think they go together and we keep going the circuit. Who are you listening to? Who are you looking to? And then how are you living? Or how's the living going? Because in the book of Hebrews, he's talking about living out our faith in obedience to God and thus experiencing rest, boldness, courage, and leaving a testimony of faith that the world will look at and wonder. So is that not what you want? It's what I want. And so tonight, consider the confidence of our confession. There's a confidence that should be in our confession, and we're considering that tonight. Now, leading from the therefore, verse 1, therefore, holy brethren, comes out of what we just looked at, and I'll look at that in a second, but then it leads into Hebrews 3, 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness. The therefore is leading into this. Look at verse 12 of chapter 3. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called, here it is again, today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The therefore goes into this also, for verse 14, we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence, there's that word again, 
steadfast to the end. He says that in verse 6. He says it again in verse 14. While it is said, again, today if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now look at chapter 4 again in verse 6. Here's a therefore again. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of what? Disobedience. Verse 7. Again he designates a certain day saying in David today, after such a long time as it has been written, today if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So the question is, who are you listening to? Who are you looking to? And how are you living? Or how's the living going? According to what we're reading in the Bible of our salvation. So these therefores are a present day exhortation to us that if we will hear his voice, we must be careful we don't harden our hearts. So the heart is the issue. The way that we're living is a heart issue. The way that we're listening is a heart issue. The way that we're looking is a heart issue. Both of these, all these questions, but this whole idea of hearing to obey have been a part of God's message to his people for a long, long time. Can I hear an amen? For a long time, God is asking those same questions. Who are you listening to? Who are you looking to? And how are you living? How is it going? So in considering the confidence of our confession, he says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Who is he writing to? Believers. In fact, this is more even pointed toward Hebrew believers, Jewish believers. But he is writing to those who have partaken of the heavenly calling, those who are holy, set apart, separated, brothers in Christ, the church, whatever you want to call them. He's speaking to us, the church. He says, consider. Now, that word is not some passing thought. It means to be careful in giving serious attention to the things that he's saying. And I think we would get that. If you read the book of Hebrews, you can't but get that. It's some, some things that he's saying, consider, consider, consider. In chapter 7, he says, consider how great this man Melchizedek was. Somebody had a question last week. Can you tell me about Melchizedek? Indeed, we will. Chapter 5, we'll start talking about considering him. Give serious thought because Melchizedek was not of the tribe of Levi. And so we have a whole thing that he's laying out for us there that we have to consider seriously. And who are we looking to? We're not looking to the Levitical priesthood. We're looking to our great high priest who is after the order of Melchizedek. He says in 1024, consider not only Jesus, not only considering Melchizedek, but consider one another. So out of this is how you're living. Consider one another, he says, in order to stir up love and good works. So we should be seriously thinking about how are we doing in the living. Chapter 12, verse 3. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility against himself, lest you become weary and you give up in your souls. So consider. Now, again, he's pointing back to chapter 2. Now, in chapter 2, Rick, a couple of weeks ago, how many of you are here when Rick shared? If you haven't heard that, I would encourage you to go online. It's fantastic. And in Rick sharing, the point is seeing Jesus in chapter 2. He says, we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. So, again, pointing back to the therefore. Therefore, consider Jesus being crowned with glory and honor. Here's what Rick said. The huge gap between the person of Jesus and the angels... And anything else that ever happened in the world. That's the gap. 
Jesus and everyone and everything else. The writer is going on and on and on in verse after verse after verse, quote Rick, piling it on about Jesus. That's what we love to do. That's what the book of Hebrews, that's what the Bible is doing. In fact, the Bible says prophetically, in, in the volume of the book, it's written of me, Jesus, to do your will. It's all about Jesus. Don't you love getting our eyes on Jesus? Listening to Jesus, looking to Jesus, and living for Jesus. That's the, that's the, the, complete, the completeness of our relationship with God. It's Jesus. Jesus is better than the angels, but he is better than everyone and everything else that we can ever consider. We're considering someone here who is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name in his name, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. We, we are considering Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. I love it. How about you? Okay. Now, there are warnings against false teachers. Because there were those that will creep in and get us listening to something else, get us looking to something else, get us living for something else. And false teachers want to direct people away from our great apostle and high priest of our confession. So the warnings to believers, to you and to me, don't neglect so great a salvation. Don't come short of that rest. Don't fall away, but go on to perfection. Don't draw short. Don't fall short. There's admonitions there for us believers. How do we get in, in acknowledging these and facing them? We've got to consider seriously who Jesus is. A true messenger from God will always exalt Jesus always. A true messenger from God will always exalt the word of God always. Brothers and sisters, we have both in abundance. So, as Rick said, if not, I love this, if not, if that's not what's going on, then you had better run fast and ask questions later. I love that quote. If that's not what's going on, then run, ask questions later, but get out of there because what that's going to do is ruin the life that we have only through Jesus Christ. Paul talked about when Jesus is the captain of our salvation, chapter 2. Again, chapter 3, verse 1 says, therefore. So Paul said Jesus became, for four reasons for Jesus' humanity. One, to regain man's lost dominion. Secondly, to identify with our sufferings. Third, to disarm Satan and deliver us from death. And fourth, to be a sympathetic high priest to his people. Look at chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, in all things... Jesus had to be made like his brethren that he might be what? A merciful and high and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. What pertains to God? The propitiation for our sins. That he suffered on the cross and as far as God's concerned, he took care of the problem and he is the only solution. So Jesus is a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are tempted. Are you tempted tonight? How are you living is the question. How is it going? Know this, temptation is not sin. Temptation can lead to sin. But we have a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God he made propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Brothers and sisters, we have Christ, our high priest. 
And then he goes on, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He's saying, you who are the church, you who are believers, consider him. It's fantastic. We can live in victory over temptation. We can live in victory over the devil. We can live in victory over the world. We can enter into a rest in, as believers in this world through faith and obedience that is unlike anything the world could ever offer us or even begin to give to us. So therefore, holy brethren, consider Christ Jesus. In other words, understand who Jesus is. Understand what Jesus has done. Understand what he is saying. Understand what he's asking. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews says, look to Jesus, listen to Jesus, and then live for Jesus. That's the book of Hebrews. I love it. The apostle of our confession. In other words, the apostle is one who's sent as a messenger. He is the message. So the apostle speaks of God's messenger. That's who Jesus is. He is the messenger. He is the message of the new covenant. And high priest of our confession. What is a high priest? He is not a messenger. He is a mediator. So who do we have in Christ? First of all, we have a messenger. Who are you listening to? He's God's messenger. We have a mediator. Who are you looking to? You know, there's a lot of religions. There's a lot of things we've probably been trapped in ourselves that would seek to be something that needs to come between me and God other than Christ. Whether it's taking communion, being baptized, taking the sacraments, somehow going door to door and, and putting on your, the number of people you've shared the gospel. And there are a lot of things that we look to that God's saying, no, look to Jesus. The other things will come, but look to Jesus. The things that follow faith are not what give us salvation. We're not working from, we're not working for salvation. We're working from salvation. And so the mediator of the new covenant, he's just starting it here. We're going to get lots of this in the book of Hebrews. But who are you looking to for your life and how you're living it for Christ? There's one mediator between God and men who it is. The man, Christ Jesus. He is the mediator. He's the one we're looking to. So consider, first of all, the messenger. Secondly, consider the mediator. He is the mediator of this new covenant. What does a mediator do? He represents God to the people. And he represents the people to God. Moses was that also. And we're going to talk about Moses. He was that also. He was the messenger. He was the mediator. Absolutely. And here's the deal. God held his people accountable to listen to him, to look to him, and then live for God. And what did they do? They listened to him, they looked to him, but then they rebelled against him, and what happened? They weren't living for God. So Moses indeed is, the, is a great testimony of the things which we've spoken afterward. That's what it says here in chapter 3, the first verses. He was a testimony of those things which God would say afterward. And he is a tremendous testimony of someone who listened to God. He looked to God and he lived for God. So, consider our confession. Confession simply means to say the same thing. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to say a hearty amen. So, confession is what we have in the person of Jesus. It's who we have. 
It's who Jesus has declared himself to be, demonstrated himself to be, and now we know he is, through the resurrection of the dead, from the dead, the Son of God. No question about that. Declared to be the Son of God through the resurrection from the dead. So we have a high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our what? Confession. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. So he's saying there, consider our confession. The confession is who Jesus is and who we have in him. Now he gets on to the confidence. He says, who was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Christ Jesus was faithful to him who appointed him. That is his father. He says, Moses also was faithful in all his house. Whose house is he talking about? He's not talking about Moses' house. He was faithful in all God's house. Now, what is a house? It's the place where the priestly activities transpired. God's house, in God's house, there is a priesthood. The first priesthood in God's house was the Levitical priesthood, and they represented God to the people and the people to God. And so in that, Moses was faithful in all God's house. He was that messenger. He was that mediator. He was the one that they were to listen to, look to, and then live as he said God, told, God wanted them to live. Now, so the house is speaking of God's people, the children of God, the church. It's the place where priestly activities transpire. It's also where the people enter into those activities. It's where we become the family of God. We have our brother, our brother Christ, as our great mediator. He had to be like his brethren in all things. So he became one of us, becomes our mediator of the new covenant. He is the son of God who is also our brother. That's what God did for us. Paul talked about that last week. Now, there's something that we must consider about what has been quoted here in verse 5. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant. So I'd like you to turn to Numbers, please, chapter 12. I think this is important to look at and understand context of what the writer of the Hebrews is uh, quoting here. So in Numbers chapter 12, he says, then Miriam, in, uh, verse 1, then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, and here it is, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? Who are you listening to? They were done listening to Moses. They thought they should have the voice also. And so they're saying, well, you married this Ethiopian woman, so you did that. Now, we don't want to listen to you anymore, Moses. In fact, Moses, God can speak through any of us. So why do you think you're so special? Now, notice, and the Lord heard it. Now, verse, this is an interesting verse to write about yourself. <laughs> Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. So here's Moses being challenged, but really, it's not a question of his character. It's not a question of his calling. Neither is it of Jesus the same, obviously. But for Moses, this is written that we might understand the problem was not Moses. The problem was Miriam and Aaron. So it goes on. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. 
Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, hear now my words. Who are you listening to? If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Notice, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark saying. Notice, and he sees the form of the Lord. This guy is big stuff as far as God's concerned. He is his messenger. He is the mediator. He is the one who is instructing the people, live for God. And this is what God is commanding us. And he was the person. Now, he wasn't taking that upon himself. He was, hey, you know, I'm the big shot here. You shut up. No, God came along and said, now, hold on a second. Come here, Aaron. Come here, Miriam. I got something to tell you. Let me tell you about the prophets. They might see a vision. They might have a dream. But not so with Moses. He sees me, as it were, face to face. He sees the form of the Lord. Wow, would you not have loved to have been Moses? I don't know if I would have loved to have been Moses. When he came out of the glory of the Lord, his face shined. But listen, brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have something much, much better than Moses ever had. Amen. Who are we listening to? You see, the Jews wanted to keep listening to Moses. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, in Acts chapter 15, as they're trying to decide how we saved, one of the things they say, well, the, the, the law of Moses is preached in the tabernacles every day. In other words, they're going to keep hearing Moses. That's not the problem here with how is someone saved. We got to hear what the Lord says. We got to see what the Lord's doing. So who are we listening to? Who are we looking at or to? Really, it dictates how we're going to live. And so... The anger of the Lord, verse 9, was aroused against them and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. This is serious business that God is doing with Miriam and Aaron. Establishing. You know, the, 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 the I don't know, the crazy thing about it is God had to keep doing this with the people. Bring the rods, the rod that buds, that's the one. So overnight, it blossoms, almonds, on these sticks that were put in the night before. You see, God wants to establish for us, not Moses, though he did that with Moses. What he wants to establish in our hearts is, it's Jesus who we should be listening to. It's Jesus who we need to be looking to. And if in so doing, then we're going to say, well, how's the living going? Hey, you know what? This is life eternal. I have a message and a messenger. It's Jesus. I have a mediator of the new covenant. It's Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can yield my members as instruments of righteousness to God for holiness. I can listen and look to him and begin living my life in such a way that I'm actually being obedient to God, entering into a rest, experience boldness and courage. My life becomes a testimony of what God has done because I'm listening to Jesus, I'm looking to Jesus, and I'm living for him. Can I hear an amen? It's fantastic. And that's, all, that's what we're looking at. Tonight. It's leading into these other things. But again, the questions, who are you listening to? Are you hearing the word of God? Let me tell you, when Moses wrote those books, when the prophets wrote, you know what they're writing? They're writing the word of God to us about Jesus, all about him. And so... Moses, Aaron said to Moses, oh my Lord, verse 11, please do not lay this sin on us. 
in which we have done foolishly and in which we, must, we have sinned. Now, here's the interesting thing. Moses is going to mediate for their sin. I mean, you're talking here, someone who has God's ear and God's heart. And so, please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her, O God, I pray. What a fantastic God. You know, he could have just said, you know what? You do that again in your history. That's not what God was saying to him. It's not what God was saying to her, though it was serious. The Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? In other words, that's minor, being spit in the face. But what they were doing was major. It should have been much more than seven days. It should have been, uh, she should have been dead. But there's a mediator. There's a message. There's living, now she's going to be able to live for God, hoping she's learned the lesson. Can I hear an amen? Hoping she's learned the lesson. You see, when God's working in our lives and how we're living, He's saying, are you learning the lessons in what happens when you're disobedient? See, there are lessons in life. How do we learn those lessons? Who are you listening to? Who are you looking to? And how's the living going? God's saying, hear. Today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion, the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. He was angry with Miriam here. Said they always go astray. You know what I say, Lord, when I read it? I say, Lord, don't let me always go astray. I'm going to, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God. I understand that very well. But again, where, where do I go with that? Where do I find the confidence in my confession? Who am I listening to? Who am I looking to? And then how's the living going? You see, the Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. Is God angry at sinners? That's what the Bible says. And a just God, a holy God, will be angry with sin every day. But hey, I got a message. I got a mediator. I got a means by which I can live my life for God today if I'll hear his voice. It's interesting. Today, if you hear his voice, today, if you hear, it's a present admonition to us. He says, he says again in David, today, again in David, after such a long time, today, if you hear his voice. In other words, this is ongoing that we need to say, who am I listening to? Am I hearing what he's saying? Not listening to hear, but hearing to obey. You see, obedience is real hearing. So am I hearing to obey? Then life begins. And so I am so excited about this book of Hebrews. I mean, it's just wonderful. And by the way, I am loving coming and sitting under your guys', uh, your guys instruction to us and teaching. And I appreciate it. It's like, a, it's like an oasis to sit and hear from you guys. I'm sure there's many others who could come and share these things from the word of God because that's how fantastic they are. I'm saying, Lord, please, I don't want to again and again. Lord, help me to hear. And then help me to look to you in everything that I'm going through and help me to keep on keeping on with the Lord. You see, he is the captain of our salvation. This confidence is in God's message and God's mediator and God's means by which I can live a life for him. So there are two important considerations. Hold fast to the end. Two possible limitations. 
the limitations are this. If we hold fast the confidence, in other words, we need to go forward with courage. And that's why, depends who I'm listening to, depends who I'm looking to, is how I'll go forward. How will I hold fast with confidence? I've got to be courageous. In going after, you see, here's the deal. For the Jewish believers, they're coming and saying, now hold on a second, hold on. That can't be true. Moses, you got to listen to Moses. You got to be circumcised. You see, and, and the temptation was to be drawn back into the old covenant, back into the law, back under the law. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hold fast your confession, hold fast your courage, hold fast your confidence. It's not that those things don't mean anything. Indeed, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. Indeed, these things that are spoken was a testimony that would be shown afterward. God laid it all out through all those things. But now we've come to understand God who in various ways and times past has spoken to us by the prophets has in his last days spoken to us by his son whom he's appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. It's Jesus. Oh, I'm getting excited here. Amen. Amen. So here's the deal. Consider the confidence of your confession. Who are you listening to? The Holy Spirit is speaking of Jesus continuously. The Word of God is manifesting Jesus continuously. His person, His power, His presence, His propitiation continuously. Who are you listening to? Who are you looking to? In all the things that we're going to talk about in the book of Hebrews, what he's saying is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Where is Jesus right now? I'll tell you where he is. Roman tells me he's in heaven interceding for me. How can you go wrong? God's not condemning me. Jesus is interceding for me. What shall we say of these things? Who can be against me if God's for me? He's for me. Who are you looking to? And then how's the living going? So as next week Rick will be sharing, it's the danger of hardening your heart. That's the danger. Don't harden your heart to God's man as our messenger and mediator. Don't do that. Don't start listening to other things and other people. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't be looking. Don't harden your heart. Wow, we look to other things. Because let me tell you, death is no fun for the old man. Obedience is not this thing I long to do, to do all these righteous things. Because see, I have a sinful nature and you have a sinful. So really, we're up against it. The church, the Jewish believers are up against being drawn back into legalism. We're up against persecutions and tribulations and trials. All those things. We've got to look to Jesus. And be careful that we're not hardening our hearts. And God leads us in obedience. He is our leader, Jesus. He is leading us by the Holy Spirit. Don't harden your heart, as I shared, to the lessons that God wants to teach you through disobedience and unbelief. It's not around the mountain for 40 more years. God, end it today. Let me hear you. Let me look to you. Amen. Let me pray. We'll close and do some questions. Father, we thank you. Lord, I love your word. We love your word. And Father, we want to ask that you would stir up in us. Even as Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God which is in you, which is given to you through the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Lord, you have gifts abundant for each and every one of us. 
Lord, you have a life that you want to lay out for us that is so fantastic, that supersedes, even as Hebrews 11 says, who's, of whom the world was not worthy. Lord, may we be that testimony. May our lives be those testimonies that would be spoken of afterward. Just like Moses, may we be faithful in your house. May we be, Lord, your messengers. May we be, in that sense, the mediator of the gospel, pointing people continuously to you. And Lord, bottom line, may our lives be lived in such a way that when they see our good works, they glorify you. Father, that's our prayer tonight. Bless this word. Bless our time in some dialogue. Bless our time in prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.